I'm Greg Gifford, and this is SEO in 2023. Greg, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? My number one SEO tip for 2023 is to learn to call it Google Business Profile and not Google My Business. I'm kidding. <laughs> the tip for 2023 is to pay attention to your Google Business Profile. The new name, for whatever reason, they rebranded something that didn't need to be rebranded, but it's Google Business Profile, not Google My Business. If you're a local business, so that's a business that serves customers face-to-face -face at a physical brick and mortar, or a business that serves customers face-to-face at their location, like a locksmith or a plumber, or a business that doesn't do face-to-face -face business, but some of your queries pull a local map pack, which means Google thinks that that query has local intent. In any of those three cases, you need to be doing local SEO. Now, if you don't have a physical storefront or you're not a service business, you're not eligible for a Google business profile. So I'm really speaking specifically to the people that actually do local business. Your Google business profile is the cornerstone of local SEO. It's what allows you to show in the map pack or in Google Maps. It is hugely important for that proximity factor in Google's local algorithm. So you need to fill everything out that you can, maximize your opportunity for showing up in local searches by optimizing the heck out of your Google business profile. So what does optimizing the heck out of your Google business profile look like in 2023? Yeah. So a lot of people will still add additional keywords to the business name, which is really against the rules and can get you suspended. So don't do that. Actual business name, local area code phone number, because nobody needs 800 numbers anymore. It's okay to do call tracking, but get a local area code call tracking number. Fill out all of the appropriate categories. There are 10 slots for categories. It doesn't mean you have to fill out all 10, but you need to pick everything that applies to what you do. So for most businesses, that is more than one. And for most businesses, it's at least three or four. So there's a really cool list at Plepper Tools, P-L-E-P-E-R Tools. If you look for the Plepper Tools Google My Business category, they may have updated it to Google Business category list. It's an interactive list. So you put in a category and it shows you all the other categories that are often selected along with that category. So that's really helpful. You can use the GMB Spy Chrome plugin to see what categories your competitors have chosen. So it's picking the right categories and being strategic about which category you pick first because that initial category carries a little more weight in the algorithm. You've got to upload a ton of photos. That's not a ranking issue. That is a conversion issue. The more photos you have and the better photos you have, the more likely you are to get click-throughs. You want to write a killer description. You want to make sure you're picking all of the business attributes that apply to what you're doing. If you're in a vertical that gets specific rules, uh, hotels can do some things that other businesses can't do. Car dealerships in the United States can do things that other, or actually car dealerships everywhere can do things that other businesses can't do. You want to make sure you're doing everything you can for your particular vertical. That also includes preloading questions into the Q&A section and answering those questions, monitoring the Q&A section and making sure that your business owner answers are always the ones with the most thumbs up so they appear as the primary answers and you need to be doing Google posts on a regular basis. Now, Google posts used to be a once a week kind of thing because they would disappear after seven days. Now they last for six months. So you don't have to do them weekly, but a lot of people do them incorrectly and approach them like social media. And really you need to approach it like an ad because that's realistically what it is. It's a free ad that appears in your profile. So you need to put something compelling there. So basically look at your Google business profile like an absolute noob. You get blinders on 
and know everything about your business and assume that everyone else does as well, take those blinders off, look at your profile like a noob. If you had never been to that business profile and never done business or bought anything from that business, is all of the pertinent information there that you would want to see as a customer to let you know, this is somewhere I want to buy. So you do all of that stuff and that makes your profile much more likely to show up a lot more often in searches and get you more business from local customers. So much value there as well. I did a little Google search for plepper tools. I, I, I spelled it with an O in the middle. And for the first time in years, I got zero Google results. It's plepper <laughs> with an E in the middle, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So, so, okay, so much value there. Local area code, categories, um, Google posts once every six months. What about kind of re reviews and customer photos? Are they tied in to your Google profile or is that something else? Yes. So that's the other thing too that gets really confusing for a lot of businesses is people can leave a photo along with their review or they can just take a photo and tag the business and it shows up in the public group of photos for the business. And sometimes businesses don't do much with photos, so then customer photos are the only things that are there and customer photos are what shows up if people go to look and you wanna control that customer experience. So you wanna upload high quality professionally shot photos because those tend to have a little bit of an edge and show up more often than the, you know, the, the mobile phone photos. Uh, but yeah, customer photos will show up in there, which is why it's really important to upload a lot of high quality photos so that you can have better control over what potential people see. And then for sure, the reputation management side is huge. You wanna have a lot of awesome reviews, which means you have to be proactive with your reputation management strategy, ask every single customer to leave a review, make it easy for customers to leave reviews, and then monitor those reviews and get responses up as quickly as possible to both positive and negative reviews. And when you're responding to negative reviews, you wanna remember that that response is not for the person that left the bad review. You should be dealing with that person offline in the real world to fix the situation. Your response to the negative review is for every potential customer in the future that's gonna look at your reviews and wants to see how you handled that situation. Great points. Has claiming your profile, the way that a profile is claimed changed? Because I remember doing it 10 years ago and receiving a postcard, is that, is that still the way now? <laughs> that's, that's still the primary way, which is crazy. Especially, uh, it's been very frustrating through COVID because mail has been delayed all over the world because of COVID. And when you request the postcard, that code is only valid for 30 days. So the postcard has to come from Google in the US if it's being sent somewhere overseas and your mail is really delayed, uh, you know, I'm a product expert on the Google Business Profile Forum and we see people all the time that are like, hey, I just got my postcard finally and I went to put it in and there's nowhere to enter it and it's telling me to ask for a new code because the code's already expired. Now, Google is starting to test some new things which are really exciting. Hopefully, they'll end up getting rid of the postcard but who knows what they're planning. But now you could do video calls. So there's two different ways that you can do video verification. If it's offered, you can't request it. You can only do what Google offers to you. But if it is offered to you, there's one of two ways that it's going to go. Way number one is you do a live call. So you'll schedule a live call on your cell phone. Google, you know, somebody at that verification team will call you on a video call and you walk through and show the necessary things. Or sometimes they're offering a recorded upload. So you would record the video and then upload that video call. And in that case, you basically have to show you know, the outside so that they can see you're really located where you say you're located. 
you have to show the inside, and you're going to have to show some sort of access to something that the general public wouldn't have. Because obviously, if we're talking, you know, all I have to do is get on a video call and I'm doing a live call and I go, oh, here's the outside. Hey, here's the inside. Verify my building. Potentially, people could steal those listings away. But now we're looking at it like Google wants to be sure that you have access. So you come in and you show, hey, I'm, I'm back in the office and I'm logging into the computer or something like that that shows that, hey, some random person could not go in and have that level of access. And, that, and then, you know, you're going to need to show your signage. You're going to need to show that, you know, hey, this is actually here and located here. And that potentially, hopefully someday will replace postcards because it's much more efficient and much faster. You're not waiting. You know, right now it's 12 to 14 business days for the postcard to arrive, which can be two and a half weeks later, depending on when you're ordering the card, which means now you're stuck for two and a half weeks without being able to do anything. It's much better if you can do that kind of almost instant verification with the call. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. And it, it depends what part of the world you're in and what vertical, what vertical you're in uh, as to what you're going to be offered there. And one of the essential elements to really effective online brand building nowadays is to establish a wonderful Google, Google knowledge panel. Um, and having a great business profile, Google business profile, um, can feed into that. So which elements sure. do Google take, uh, typically take? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the really cool thing about the Google business profile experience is you literally have a direct interface into Google's knowledge graph and the information that Google has about your business. So literally, a lot of people kind of get confused and think that it's feeding the knowledge panel, but if you are a local business, you don't really have a knowledge panel, you have your Google My Business profile panel, and that's there. But it does pull all of the pertinent information into the knowledge graph as well. So business name, address, map pin location, that's another thing that a lot of times people don't check is the actual location of the pin may not be accurate to what your address is, Sometimes in crowded urban areas, it, it's off by a little bit. But yeah, all that, your business hours, your attributes, all of that stuff gets pulled in. So that's another reason why it's really important to be very diligent in filling everything out correctly. And Google My Business app was replaced in 2022 by Google Search and Google Maps. So what does this practically mean for businesses? So a lot of people freaked out when they got that email that said, hey, the Google Business app is going away. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, that means my Google My Business is going away. No, they're renaming it to Google Business Profile. And now there is an in-search editing experience where... If you only have a single location, you actually can't go to the dashboard anymore. You can only edit it right there. So basically, you, you have your panel pop up and there's a little link that you click to then edit all of those elements right there in the search experience as opposed to the old dashboard or app. So now, if you've got multiple locations for your business or if you're like an agency or a, a freelancer and you're working for multiple clients... As long as you've got more than one, you're still able to go to that old school dashboard because it's just easier to not have to go look up multiple businesses and edit there. But for the general public, most people are just going to have their business. Now you don't even really have to go and log in anywhere. You just do a search for your business, your panel pops up, and you can go edit the stuff right there in the panel. So it's it's a lot more user-friendly, uh, but a lot of people are freaking out because it's a different experience than what they're used to. Okay. And if you work in a big enterprise with lots of different physical locations and you're using a service like Yext, has this changed the way that services like that worked? Nope. All of the services still work the same way because all those services have basically a direct API into the, the back end of 
Google Business Profiles. And so all those services still work. You could still, if you're using Yext or any of the other you know platforms out there that allow you to, a lot of the reputation management platforms allow you to do this too. Uh, any of those platforms that edit your Google Business Profile information, those will all still work as well. And as you seem to be the world's leading expert on uh, Google Business oh, Profile, <laughs> I'm serious. You know, I don't think there's a question that you don't know about that. Uh, what's coming down the line in the near future? Is there anything that's likely to change that SEOs need to be thinking about now uh, to prep for and take advantage of before other businesses? I could tell you so much stuff that's coming, but I'm not allowed to. So I'm a product expert on the Google Business Profile Forum, and I am a gold and about to be platinum level, which means I am an NDA level with Google. So I know things that are coming. I'm just not allowed to talk about them. For the things I am allowed to talk about, one of the big things for car dealers has been uh, something labeled cars for sale, which allows dealers to have an inventory feed and actually display their inventory in their Google Business Profile. But it's only available in the United States. I'm hoping that now that they've kind of worked out a lot of the bugs and got it working and most of the dealers in the U.S. are on it, I'm hoping they'll roll that out to the rest of the world. So that's a thing specifically for car dealers, but it's really exciting. I know that they're investing more in that editing experience in search results. So we're going to see more functionality there, more features there as things continue to go. But other than that, I, there's not really anything big upcoming at least that I'm allowed to talk about. So what I take from that is um, if you certainly offer B2C services, if you're in the travel sector, if you're selling en masse to consumers and you perhaps got some kind of feed of what you offer and that changes on a live basis, try to make sure that your feed is as friendly as possible for search engines. And then if a service like Google Business Profile supports that information in the future, then you can immediately take advantage of that. For sure. Yeah. And, and it's as you know, anyone watching this that is a marketer probably knows this, but a lot of business owners don't really pay attention to what's going on with Google. And it is definitely worth paying attention, at least to the Google business profile side of things so that if something new does come out, you're able to take advantage of it. There were a ton of updates that happened during the COVID lockdowns to help businesses because Google realized, hey, a lot of these businesses are struggling to stay open because they, you know, people are locked in at home and they're not coming out shopping. So they released some additional attributes like curbside pickup or senior only hours or brunch hours or things that didn't exist before that exist now. And there's still a lot of businesses out there that don't know these things are there because most businesses or most business owners or managers of those businesses will go in and set up that business profile and then they never really come back and do anything unless maybe they're closed and they need to update their hours. But you need to pay attention to all of the features that are there and even if you're not paying attention to whatever updates might be coming from Google, at least log into that editing interface at least once a month just to see is there something new here that wasn't here before because you want to take advantage of everything that you can because your Google business profile, it's your new homepage. It's your new first impression with customers. People don't have to go to your website to get your phone number or to get your address to get directions or to see pictures or to read testimonials. They could do all of that right there in your Google business profile in search results. So you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to stand out from competitors. 
So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? So uh, can I can I give you two or do I have to pick one? Give, give us three. Okay. Uh, one, of my <laughs> biggest pet, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I actually talked about Brighton SEO, about this at Brighton SEO this spring, is people give horrible SEO reports. We include everything that possibly matters on a report, not thinking about the fact that it doesn't matter to our clients. Our clients came to us with a problem and decided that we were the solution to that problem. That solution needs to be reflected in the report. Just because we monitor stuff for what we're doing on the SEO site doesn't mean it matters to the client or matters to the client's bottom line. So we need to simplify our reports, stop overloading our client with 30 pages of meaningless data that they could give a squat about. We need to pay attention. We need to give reports that are easy to understand, that tell a story with the data, and we can customize those reports for our clients because we don't do the same SEO for every client, so why do we give the same report to every client? So that's big pet peeve. Other big pet peeve is the whole content marketing thing has continued to grow and take on a life of its own. And everybody's like, content marketing, content marketing, content calendar, do this. But they do it in a vacuum and you can't do SEO in a vacuum. You can't just do content and expect to do better. You've got to create helpful content. And the thing to remember in your head is if you want to show up as a search result when somebody types in a particular phrase into Google, then you need to have a page about that concept on your website. And I still see people that are putting blog posts out or pages of you know product or service pages that have two or three different things and concepts on the page. Keep it to one concept per page. And we're talking local SEO, so you don't have to write the best answer on the internet, but you do need the best answer in the local area to the question that that potential customer is asking. And if you're writing the best answer, that means you're answering that initial question that they're asking, but you're also thinking ahead and answering possible subsequent questions that they would have after they receive that initial answer. That's gonna be really hard to do in 300 words. And three to 500 words is what most small businesses write for blog posts and pages of content you're not going to show up well with a couple hundred words because you're not writing the best answer in the local area. And the whole content marketing thing, people are like, let's write content, 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 but they skip the keyword research at the beginning to figure out what are what are we even releasing content for? What's the purpose? What are we trying to show up for? What question are we trying to answer? What problem are we trying to solve? You got to do that first. Then you got to plan out your content. Then you got to create the content and publish the content and then you got to optimize the content. And that's where a lot of people miss out is they're like, oh, content marketing, that's easy. And they'll just go pay for some content or they'll write some crappy content and it never performs well, but they're just churning out content for the sake of content. And I hate that. And so I'm trying to educate people to say, hey, look, yeah, content's important, but you're doing this little bit of the whole massive picture. You, you got five puzzle pieces out of a 1000 piece puzzle you're not going to solve the problem with five pieces out of a thousand. You got to do the whole thing. Greg Gifford is the vice president of search at Search Lab Digital, and you can find him over at searchlabdigital.com. Greg, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Happy to be here. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. <laughs>